we've been talking about kingdom. Kingdom mindset and what it is to be in the kingdom, to get into the kingdom, to stay in the kingdom, to be successful in the kingdom. Last week, we were talking about the Holy Spirit, how important the Holy Spirit was and the fact that without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to know where to go. And we were using for that particular scripture to help us ground us, we were back in Exodus, right? When the children of Israel were in the wilderness after having gone through the Red Sea. The Lord had directed them in a particular path and got them through the Red Sea. And what had happened at that moment is that, that the Lord said, I'm going to guide you through this moment. This moment in between moments. You've been under slavery for 400 plus years. You don't know culturally or in a, any kind of real sense what freedom is. You wouldn't recognize it if it came up and slapped you in your face. You've been in bondage that long. There is no, if you've been in there for 430 years, my best calculation is that you don't even, like I don't know who my great grandmother is. Never seen her, wouldn't know her from Adam. But 430 years isn't even great grandmother era. Like 400 years must be great, 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 great grandmother. And then maybe we've almost got there. You don't, no one has taught you what freedom is because you're generations away from what it means. So when you get to freedom, you won't recognize it because no one showed it to you. <laughs> Your parents have shown you things that you haven't even really fully consciously realized. They show you how to act how to be, but they know that because their parents showed them. And it keeps going back down the generation. You know why we have a shared culture? It's because we all come from the kind of the same place. And our shared culture is shared by that moment. But these people have been under kibosh, what the scripture declares as kibosh, this bondage for years. And they don't recognize what freedom looks like. They don't recognize it, and as a result, they rebel against what freedom is. This is an interesting moment because I think it's important we understand what kingdom is. But we have to know that in kingdom, we have been saved from something. But sometimes when you're so used to what you've been saved from, the thing that you've been delivered from is not better for you, but at least you know what it is. <laughs> it's a tough one this is because sometimes we don't realize have you ever seen somebody who's in a relationship that is bad for them, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, and they will not get out of the relationship? Not because they know it's not bad, they know that, but they're so used to how bad it is that they can't recognize what good looks like. They prefer to sit in the bad because at least they know what's coming. It is fundamentally an abusive relationship and they know it and you know it and everybody knows it around them but they won't get out because at least I know what's coming. We get a certain familiarity for things even though they're bad for us and we sit in them and we say well at least I know what's coming tomorrow. Well at least I know the bills are going to be paid. I know at least I'll know I get to go in the fancy restaurants and the fancy cars. And we will endure things that are not good for us because we are ready to, we just want to be comfortable. We want the sun to rise with whatever we're going through. So I want to take us to 
Exodus chapter 16. The reason why this is important is because the relationship that God is trying to establish with the people of God, people of Israel, the children of Israel, this has to change. It absolutely has to change. And if it doesn't change, the children of Israel cannot be in relationship with God. <laughs> uh, when I um, got married, it's actually it's just a couple of days from now, it will be 25 beautiful years. 25 wonderful years. Um, before that, the only relationship I knew was with my friends. My guys. That's the, really the only relationship I had for any length of time with just my friends. But that relationship wasn't helpful <laughs> with 25 years of marriage. Like, I could not call my friends for months. They wouldn't care, they wouldn't call me for months. When they need something, they call me. And when I need something, I call them. That is not the relationship I was getting to with my wife. I was doing something deeper which necessarily meant I had to break the pattern that I had learned up till that moment and start to establish a new one. It's not good enough. That, that whole relationship wasn't good enough. You might look at it and say, I'm familiar with it, my boys. I don't have to call you. What do you mean you're calling me just to talk? What does that mean? It never occurred to them to call me just to shoot the breeze. We were going to call me because there was something to talk about, something you needed or something I needed. With my wife, she wanted to just talk. Okay, all right, let's try this. Why? Because I wanted to be with her and she wanted to be with me. So I said, ah, this is totally worth it. If this is the cost, let's do this. Oh, I'll call you out the blue then. This is what needs to be done to get this relationship off the ground. I'll write, I wrote letters to this girl every week. This is back before email was a thing. Okay, I'm back, I'm back in the 90s here at this point. You all can have email, you're leaving on, on email, you're on social media, messaging. You can get an instant, we had to send a letter through US Postal. It had to go in a plane <laughs> across the Atlantic Ocean, land in England, hit my mailbox, I would open it and respond. But I was so desperate to be in relationship with her that this was good to me. My friends, I couldn't care less about you. I never wrote a letter to a friend in my life. But I wrote one every week to her while I was in college. <laughs> when you know the nature of a relationship, you say, ah, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm writing this letter. Amen? So Exodus 16, why am I bringing up Exodus 16? It's important to us to understand that Egypt, or sorry, excuse me, the children of Israel, relationship, the only relationship they have had is with a taskmaster. The only relationship they've had is with Egypt. And the relationship was, Egypt was the master and you were the slave. We are going to make money off of you and your work it was what we call, in today's parlance, a transactional relationship. It was unbalanced and it was transactional. <laughs> Meaning, they didn't get much, Egypt got a lot. <laughs> it also meant that all the work was being done by the children of Israel, and Egypt was taking all the glory. Don't you know that they did so much work that they literally created cities to hold the wealth? 
that the children of Israel were producing. Imbalanced relationship. Hallelujah. Let's go to Exodus chapter 1. Go to Exodus chapter 1 for me real quick. Six, uh, go to 16 verse 1. I want to see what the relationship looks like after they're free. And they took their journey yes. to Elam. Yes. And all the congregation of the children of Israel. So they've, they've taken off. They're free from, they're, thank you, they're free from the bondage. They've gone through the Red Sea. Yes, and this is the moment they're in. And the children of Israel came into the wilderness of sin. And the children of Israel have traveled to, to, to this place called Sin. Keep going. Which is between Elam and Sinai. Yes. On the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. We're about 45 days into having left, having got free. This is the first 45 days, not even long into this new relationship. Remember what the Lord said to them? I'm going to pull you out of Egypt and I'm going to bring you to the mountain and I want to have a relationship. I want you to worship me and I'm going to be to you a God and you're going to be to me a people. Relationship. <laughs> Keep reading. And verse 2. Yeah. The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses. We're not 45 days into this relationship. And already somebody's complaining. We are not 45 days into genuine freedom. And they're complaining. This isn't just, oh, this is annoying. This is, this is close to revolt. The people are this close to just abandoning this experiment. They don't want nothing to do with this. And they're complaining and they're murmuring and they're being so dysfunctional in this good relationship because they're, look, let's just keep reading. Yes, sir. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel. All of them. Murmured against Moses. Everyone murmured. And Aaron. Yeah. In the wilderness. Yes. And the children of Israel said unto them. Yeah. Would to God we have died by the hand of the Lord in the land. Man, you should have left us to die. This is what they've gone. They're 45 days of freedom. And on the 45th day, they basically said you should have left us to die. In, like death would have been better. This is what I'm talking about with relationships. When you've been in a bad relationship for a long time, a good relationship, you don't even recognize it's good. <laughs> When you've been in a bad relationship, when you've been in a situation that's that bad for that long, it becomes difficult to recognize what's good. They don't even know what freedom feels like. They're longing for captivity again. Oh, keep going. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, and ye have brought us, us forth unto the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Keep going, sir. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will bring bread from heaven to you, and the people shall go out and gather certain bread every day, that I may prove them whether they walk in my law or no. Man, they have started to say immediately that the Lord brought us out here to starve to death. If we were dying, we were dying in Egypt at least, we'd die with a full stomach. <laughs> it sounds crazy to the ears when you think about what they've been through. The scripture says in Exodus chapter 1 that they cried to the Lord by reason of their affirmities. Because there was things that they were going through was so bad that they cried to the Lord and the scripture said the Lord heard them. When they cried out from Egypt that they're now saying, let's go back to Egypt because at least they had flesh pots. It's amazing to me that sometimes we don't recognize what freedom looks like. 
what good looks like. Hallelujah. That's why sometimes when we are in kingdom rather than the world, we sometimes long for the things that are in the world because you don't understand what freedom really is, what kingdom really is. If you're not recognizing kingdom, you start to say to him, Man, look at what they're doing back there. Look at what the Lord saved me from. Is it that bad? Should I go back? Should I go back and eat the meat that they had? Well, yes, you can, but you're going to be under their captivity again. It's amazing to me how we forget. That's why the, some of the purpose of being in this church is to remember and to remind ourselves what you're saved from. That thing that you're now looking back and saying, oh, maybe it wasn't so bad. It was absolutely as bad as you remember and worse. <laughs> but it's important that we remember and center ourselves in the moment. Let's just read that verse again. Then said the Lord unto Moses, yeah. behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. Yes. And the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day <laughs> that I may prove them whether they walk in my law or no. Here's the difference between the relationship that they had before and the one they had now. They had to produce goods to get something like food from the Egyptians. They had to produce. They didn't produce wealth. They were no good to them. And because they produced wealth, they had enough food to eat to produce more wealth. They were just being bred and kept just to produce wealth. The Lord now has established a new relationship. They are hungry. And the Lord's not telling to them, you need to produce anything for me. He's saying, what I'm going to do is give you something that you didn't work for. And they don't recognize. You see, the Lord's turned this around and says, I'm not going to make you work. I don't need you to create wealth for me. I just want to do this because I love you. Uh, you, you. Your relationship that you were in before needed something from you. <laughs> that relationship with the world extracted a cost from you. The wages of sin is death. That's what it was working in you. Sin was working death and you're saying, well, let me get relationship back with death. What? I've got out of that relationship. The scripture says that the gift of God. Oh, yes. <laughs> It's not even something I'm working for anymore. It's a, it's a gift. He's just handing this over to me. What do you mean giving me this? Haven't I got to work for it? You know, we, we do that in the church all the time. We want to pretend we're holy because we want to make up for and work for and transactionally get grace from God. It doesn't work like that. You're trying to dress a particular way and do a particular way because you think that will make you earn God's grace. And he's saying, no, no, that's old thinking. Kingdom thinking is I love you. You're still in the old transactional way of being and acting. And I'm telling you, the Lord is saying to you, I love you. I'm going to give it to you. Man, you've messed up. You think you're still in the old way. And God is saying, I want a new way with you. I want a new type of relationship with you. This is why they were in the wilderness for so long. The wilderness was supposed to be a temporary moment. They ended up being in the, in the desert for a whole 40 years. Why? Because they still couldn't get out of the transactional mind. They couldn't get out of a bad relationship mindset. And the Lord said, I'm gonna have to wait for this whole generation to die out 
so I can have a new relationship. Don't let that be your testimony. That you're so stubborn with the old way that you miss out on a new relationship. Oh, glory to God. Ah. Just read that through for me, Exodus 16 again. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. I'm not going to ask you to collect it. I'm not going to ask you to make it. I'm not going to ask you to make bricks without straw. I'm not going to ask you to figure out this stuff that cannot be done. I'm not going to ask you to make a city. I'm not going to ask you to make a building. I'm going to ask you to get up and go pick up food that I'm providing for you. (laughs) It says later on in this particular chapter that the food that they are given tastes like honey. (laughs) Don't you know this Lord has given them every single morning just enough honey flavored wafer that has apparently everything I need to be good for me. (laughs) And you're talking about you're going to pick up some flesh from a bucket left by your master. That's old relationship. This is new relationship. (laughs) The Lord is going to give you. And he says, you know what? In this new relationship, I don't want you to take up what is tomorrow's worth of of, of food. Just take up for what's today. I'm going to, can you read that out for me? Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. <laughs> I'm going to make literal food rain from heaven yes, for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day. I'm not going to ask you, I'm not asking you to gather and get wealthy from what you, I'm not going to ask you to store it. I'm not going to ask you, to, I just want you to get what today is. Keep going. That I may prove them yep. whether they will walk in my law or not. And the reason why I'm going to show you is because tomorrow I'm going to do the exact same thing. I'm going to give you enough today. And transactional relationship is what I have with my job. I work. They give me a paycheck that lasts till the 15th. To ensure that I show up on 16th through 31st, they say, we're not going to give you money unless you show up. Then when I show up, (laughs) they... I am trying to convince them to give me a year's worth of money and just believe that I'll show up. (laughs) They won't do it. Why won't they do it? Because they know that this is a transactional relationship. (laughs) But the Lord is saying, you don't need to put aside extra for this relationship because I'm going to give it to you again tomorrow. You're not going to have to work. I'm going to rain it down from heaven. The way it's supposed to work with with gathering is I plant. I seed, I wait, and then I reap. The Lord says, no, not my people. I'm going to give it to you as a finished product. Do you get what this new relationship is yet? This is kingdom relationship. Your mindset of trying to do all the work to make the relationship work, that's the old way. (laughs) He is making all things new in this relationship. Let's keep reading there. I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which is bringing in, and it shall be as twice as much as they gather daily. So, so what's going to happen is uh, six days a week, five days a week, you're going to gather exactly what you need for the day. You know, in some relationships where you've said, 
they haven't done enough for me, but I've done too much. I'm bringing too much to the relationship. Have you ever been in that kind of situation where you're the one who's doing everything? I'm the one who's calling all our friends. I'm the one who called everybody again this week to go out. You're the one who's giving all of it, everything into the relationship. And the Lord is saying, you don't have to do nothing. Just come to the mountain. We're going to have really... I've got this covered. You, you're going to complain that you have to make your own food? No, I'm going to make the food for you. You're going to complain that you have to go find water? No, I'm going to find water for you. I'm going to do everything that is necessary to make this relationship work. That's what kingdom relationships look like. Let's go real quick. I want to go back because I want to see what condition they were begging to go back to. Go back to Exodus chapter 1, verse 8, if you would. Exodus chapter 1. This is what they were saying they wanted to go back to. Exodus chapter 1, excuse me, verse 8. Now, there arose up a new king over Egypt. Now, this is important to understand because the relationship that they had with the people of children of Israel was positive because of Joseph. Joseph, the house of Joseph, had made, was the second in command. He was everything for the, so the fact that a new king means that they're going to forget that old relationship. Let's keep going. Now arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. Yep. And he said unto his people, yep. Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. <laughs> yes. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when they are falling out of any war, they join also unto our enemies yep. and fight against us. And so get them up out of the land, out of the land. Therefore, they did set them over taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. Oh, so they literally created a job, the person whose job it was to afflict these people. That's the relationship they had with the children of Israel. And that's the relationship when they're 45 days into a relationship with the Lord himself that they're asking for again. Give us the taskmasters. Give me back the abuse. I am convinced that when you have gone, the human condition allows us to get used to some horrible situations and scenarios. And I am convinced that sometimes we would prefer that which is familiar, that's, not, that's bad for us, rather than something new that is good for us. That's why sometimes we, we struggle with being in a kingdom mindset. Because we are desirous of the things that was more familiar and we think that just because it's new, it must be wrong. Just because it's new, it must be bad for us. But new can sometimes just be as good and better than what we've come from. Let's keep reading that out for me, Therefore, sir. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with, with their burdens. Yep. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Pythion and Ramius. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and they, grew. They literally built cities for them. They keep going. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. So they more, here's the thing that was powerful in this scripture. And I hope you, don't, hope you don't miss it. It says, the more they were afflicted, the more they grew. This is nothing but the providence of God, even in affliction. Like that the thing that is causing the enemy stress is the fact that you're growing. Let's put burden on them. Now you put burden on them, what do you do? You cause them to grow. Yes, oh gosh, but the Lord is working for us. Yes, in affliction. Even in affliction. <laughs> He's causing confusion in the enemy camps, even in affliction. Let's keep reading. Yes, and the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. So when they served, 
So they see them growing and say, let's make it worse. So if you make it worse, technically you're blessing me because I'm going to be growing even more. <laughs> let's keep reading. And they, verse 14, and they made their lives yes. bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and all the matter of service in the field and excuse me, all their service where they were made serve, which was, without, which was with rigor. Let's go to Exodus chapter 2, verse 23. Let's go to Exodus chapter 2, verse 20, 23. Exodus chapter 2, verse 23. And it came to pass, yes. in the process of time, that the king of Egypt died. Yes. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of bondage. This is the situation they're in. They're in such hurt and bondage that they sigh. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever realized how bad a situation is and all you can do is exhale. That's all you can do, just, I'm done. There's, there's nothing to say. It's just an exhale. That's all I've got time for and I've got to get back into the grind of this. That's the life they were in. That all they could do was sigh. And what else did they do? And it came to pass the process of the time the king of Egypt died and the church of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage yes. and they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of their bondage. The only thing I've got time to do because of the taskmasters that are against me is to sigh and then cry. You know what? One of the things I was talking about uh, being in marriage with my wife for 25 years, one of the things she taught me is that sometimes crying is a really good solution. Sometimes you've just got to let that out. Let it out. You're bottling it up because you think it makes you look strong. Sometimes you just got to let that thing go. And in letting it go, the Lord hears your cry. Oh, you want to be oh, yeah, the masculine thing? Yeah, I don't care. Sometimes I need to sigh. Sometimes I just need to cry and hope that the Lord yes. Yes, hears my voice. Yes. They didn't even pray. You didn't, that's not what he said. They didn't even get to the prayer part. They didn't have time for it. The scripture says they sighed and they cried and the Lord heard that. Uh, I'm not even sure they knew what to pray. I'm not sure they knew how to pray. I'm not sure. I don't care whether you church bound, came to it new. As long as you can sigh and as long as you can cry, that's all the Lord needs. And he starts to move. What happens after verse 23 is that he starts activating Moses. He starts moving him. It still takes years, but the movement now is happening. Just because you cry today, the solution may not be here tomorrow. But I'm telling you right now, it's been activated. I, I, I don't, look, the difference between that cry and Moses moving is still years to come. It's still years away, but I'm telling you right now, it's on the way. And it was triggered because of the cry. They're still in the world. They ain't kingdom yet. But they, the Lord can hear your cry no matter where it is. You don't have to get to kingdom to, for the Lord to hear you. He'll hear you where you are. <laughs> oh, glory to God. This leads me back to this idea of kingdom. You can see now how a relationship can be messed up if you're asking for the old. I want to give you an example of what new relationship looks like. I'm going to give you a few examples. Go to Acts chapter 2. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 2, we're going to start at verse 41. They are being introduced to kingdom here. I'm getting out of your way. I won't be too much longer here now. Acts chapter 2. Then, yes. Then they yep. that, that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about three I want you to understand what's going on here. The Holy Ghost has spoken to Peter. He's told them to be baptized. They said, there we'll be baptized. And they go through water and they have been led now. And the scripture is going to come back and tell us here. In fact, keep reading. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And they listen and they learn about the doctrine. But this next part is really what I want to focus on. And fellowship. And fellowship. And fellowship. This is that Greek word I mentioned last week, koinonia. Yes, this is fellowship. This is deep relationship. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's trying to create a people in deep relationship with him and each other. We're not in old relationships now. It's the passing through the water has created, passing through the Red Sea has created this idea where I need to be in a new, I've been made new. Let's keep reading. Go, keep going, sir. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Yes. And fellowship. Yeah. And in breaking of bread and in prayers. Yes. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. So the, 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 the signs and wonders followed this fellowship. This It was the signs and followed came after that. What am I saying is that our abilities as a church will only come with deep relationships with God and each other. We can't come into this with world, world ideas assuming that somehow we're going to get the blessings and the power of the Lord when we're thinking with an old mindset. The relationship that the Lord needed to have with Israel, he had to break that old mindset. Let's just read that from me again, that the fellowship verse again. And fear. Yes came upon every soul and many signs and wonders were done by the apostles and all that believed were together that had many things in common. Verse 42. Yes, sir. And they continued steadfast in yes. the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Thank you, Jesus. This is kingdom. They start to make things common between them. Yes. Our relationship with each other is changing because our relationship with God has changed. Yes. Your concern becomes my concern. Yes. Your problems become my problems. <laughs> the thing that makes, gives you joy, I'm going to rejoice over. The thing that makes you sad, I'm going to mourn over. The things that are for you, I am for. The things that are against you, I'm against. Ah, this, is this is kingdom mindset. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Not all rela transactional relationships are done. You see, they said we had all things in common. There's no transaction there. What they were saying is your problem's my problem. I don't have to owe you something in order to do something for you. Amen. Amen. Let's go to a couple more scriptures and I'm going to get out of your way. I want you to understand that the kingdom might look small, but I don't want you to compare it to the old thing. Go to Matthew chapter 13, 33, please, sir. Matthew 13, 33. Here Jesus is trying to tell us that the kingdom isn't the thing you're looking at. It's the thing that's inside of you. I love that kind of way he described it because we think of the kingdom as a location. And he's seeing the kingdom isn't a place we're going to get to. It's a, something that is inside of you. Let's keep reading here. You find that for me? Another spake a parable 
and he said unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven. Yes. The woman took and had three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. <laughs> it is an interesting one because probably we don't make a lot of bread these days. So maybe you don't, you, you didn't get this parable very often. I don't make a lot of bread, I must admit. I had to look this up. Yes, sir. Right. But this woman has basically got about three bags, four, three 48 pounds of, of flour. And she takes the smallest amount of leaven, which is a fertilizing agent, and she puts a little bit in each of them. And that little bit of leaven is enough to make the whole of those bags now leaven. You're looking at kingdom and thinking, man, it's not as big as my old life. Uh, but I'm telling you that little bit of kingdom is transformational. Like, don't think about this by volume. Think of this by impact. Uh, you, you've got the wrong idea if you think it's going to look like something. It's about what's happening in you. Let's go to another one, 13 and 44. I've got a couple more, then I'll get out your way. And, yes. again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to I love this one. treasure yes. hid in a field. The kingdom of God is like a treasure hid in a field. The which, yes. when a man has found, yep. he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth, and selleth all that he has, and buyeth the field. The kingdom mindset says, if there's something, if there's a huge field out there, and there's a little treasure right in the middle of it. I'm gonna buy the whole field because I'm so happy to get the treasure. Like I couldn't care less how much it costs. I don't care what else is in the field. I don't care if this is a corn field and I hate corn. I couldn't care less. I'm buying the whole thing. I'm getting at that treasure. You're telling me that there's treasure in the field and I'm gonna buy the whole field to get the treasure. I'm buying everything. I'm selling it all. This is what finding salvation does to you. It's no longer transactional in the sense that you want to just buy the treasure part. No, 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 let me buy everything. I'm happy to be 45 days in the wilderness and a little bit hungry. If that means I'm free, that is kingdom mindset. If it means I have to give up the flesh parts that were in Egypt, let me give them up. I am here for the treasure in the field. Amen. One more. One more that I get out your way. Verse 45. Again, yes. the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man. This is what kingdom mindset is like. He's a merchant who's got lots of goods. He's got lots of wealth. He has a bunch of stuff. Yes, sir. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man yep. seeking goodly pearls. Yep. Who, when he has found one pearl of a great price, <laughs> went and sold all that he had yes. and bought it. I don't care what it is I've brought with me out of Egypt. Once I recognize the value of the thing I've been brought into, I'm getting rid of all that stuff to get that one thing. Like anything, that one song, you can have all of me. My body, my mind, you can have all of me. I'm giving up everything to make this relationship work. That's the pearl. It may not look as big as what I had, but that was transactional. That merchant that I sold and got the things with was all transactional. This is about love. This is about getting the thing that I desired more than anything. What am I saying? Let me get out your way. Is that the way we are in the kingdom is a new type of relationship. 
It is one that God has purchased with his own life and his own blood. The only thing you bring to this relationship is yourself. Hallelujah. And the only thing you've got to do is, is just give your heart and your life to him. Everything else he's taking care of. He said, I'll, I'll feed you. <laughs> I'll give you to drink. The scripture tells us that when they went through the desert, they didn't have to change any of their clothes. So he got the food, water, and took care of their clothes too. <laughs> Your old relationship wasn't doing that for you. Your old relationship exacted a price from you. But new relationship is saying, I'll pay it all. I am so glad to be in relationship with a God like that. May the Lord add a blessing to the ring of his word.